This is the CIPD Podcast, Managing Change. Hello and welcome to the third podcast in the series from the Chartered Institute of Personnel and Development. I'm Rajan Datar and in this podcast we'll be focusing on managing change. There are some great resources listed in the accompanying show notes which you can find at www.cipd.co.uk forward slash podcasts. You can also find our other podcasts there and subscribe to receive future editions. Change is a day-to-day reality for organisations. In order to succeed, they have to be able to adapt. But there's no single model of change and no single solution to managing it effectively. Recent CIPD research found that less than 60% of reorganisations met their stated objectives. So we sent Philippa Lamb to talk to a variety of experts and practitioners to hear their views. Why is change such a big issue? I mean, it's not new. We've always had change in organisations. We've been talking about it endlessly for years. And yet, it's still such a big problem. Um, I think that change is particularly important these days because it seems that the pace of change really is accelerating. What's happening now in terms of the competitive pressures is organisations having to change quicker and faster and more effectively. So that's becoming a core competency of successful organisations. Recent research that we've done at the CIPD indicates that um, organisations are undergoing major change at least once every three years. It's not new, but I, I think the reason why people find it so difficult is that we all seem to want to repeat the same mistakes. And I think one of the biggest issues is that we focus on systems and processes and we forget that people aren't that straightforward. Philippa met up with Michael West, Professor of Organisational Psychology and Head of Research at Aston Business School, to find out exactly why it is that we still find change so tricky. Why is change such a big hurdle for organisations? Well, one reason is because change is happening more and more rapidly. If you look over the last 200 years, the waves of industrial change have come quicker onto the shores of organisations. So people are having to adjust much, much more quickly. The technological changes are dramatic. And when we change, there's loss. You know, we have to leave behind ways of doing things which were comfortable and we're facing new ways of doing things. As uh, Marilyn Ferguson said, it's not the change that we fear and it's not that we're so in love with the old ways, it's the place in between that we fear. She talked about it's like being between trapezes. There's nothing to hold on to. We asked Vicky Wright, the new CIPD president, about the evolving nature of change. Managing change is is a recurring theme at every conference I've been to for a long time, but our understanding of it has changed. First of all, a long time ago, really, we were talking about change as a unfreeze, change, refreeze. What we've got now is a continuous turbulence in the organisation which needs us to be ready to be changing, changing our focus, changing what we do, how we think as we go. And that means that you have to be looking at this in HR as something which goes beyond the, we'll do a special project and stop. Now, it's not about changing organisations, it's about changing people and people being ready for change all the time. And I think that's the atmosphere that HR needs to create in organisations today. Vanessa Robinson is organisation and resourcing advisor at the CIPD. She's led the CIPD's research into change management, examining the role HR has to play. I think in a lot of organisations, HR isn't 
allowed to be or isn't as proactive in a particular change as would be ideal. Often they're given a sort of more reactive role, almost sort of mopping up the blood or picking up the pieces where they're actually having to deal with redundancies, deal with change of terms and conditions, whatever it might be. Whereas in fact for HR to really contribute and for the change to be more successful, if they can have a proactive role and actually help sort of set the strategy the direction of the change and be involved in the planning um, that's particularly key in our research we actually looked at what factors made changes more or less successful and one of the factors that seemed to make change less successful was when it was considered in some sort of piecemeal fashion so people weren't thinking holistically about the impact of a particular change You can find out more about the CIPD research Vanessa talked about at www.cipd.co.uk forward slash podcasts. The research highlighted many challenges facing HR practitioners. We've talked to some who faced these challenges and asked them to share their experiences. First, we spoke to Francesca Ocosi, HR and Corporate Services Director at DEFRA, the Department for Environment, Food and Rural Affairs. At DEFRA, you've been there now for about nearly four years. years. How have you changed what HR does, how it functions? One of the first things that that I've put in place is a strategic plan for how we manage people in the department. There wasn't one, so uh, in HR we're busy doing lots of interesting initiatives. Um, All of them had merit in their own right, but none of them joined up and made no sense to the business. Were you surprised to find there was no strategy? I, I find that amazing. I was horrified, really. I actually decided to go around and talk to the business and started to talk to them what are the what are your real issues what would be success look like for you what would you really want to get out of your people if you're an individual in the organization how do you want to be treated in the organization what do you want to get out of your career here and it was through that we had we run a series of focus groups over six months with staff all the way through the organization from the top through to the sort of frontline staff and it was through the messages that came through the key themes that we developed our people strategy it started to put the people agenda at the heart of what defra does and I don't have to, I don't, I no longer have to sort of um, stand up on a soapbox and say, don't forget the people. Actually, I'm now getting a pull from the business, which is we need, we need better people. We need our people developed, you know, as individuals. We want to know how we can develop our skills. We want to have better opportunities. We want to try different things. So that's what's been happening at DEFRA. What does Francesca think about HR's role in driving effective change? I think um, there are a number of things that HR teams need to be doing differently. They need to really be engaged um, in the business. And by that, it's not about having loads of business partners wandering around um, talking um, HR speak. It's about really understanding what the business is there to deliver. My experience in government so far has been that unless you relate it to what people came there to do, so if I take my own department, you know, we've got lots of really young, bright people who've come in because they want to save the planet. And if you can relate it to, actually, if we make these changes, you're better able to, to actually make that difference, they'll buy into it. If you say it's because all well-run organisations have this, that and the other, they don't care. They're not really bought into that kind of management uh, philosophy, that management agenda. And that's where often HR people get it wrong. Do you find, in your experience, that HR's love of jargon creates real barriers here. I think it does and I think I've been guilty of that in the past as well. I've looked at some of the documents I've written in the past in previous jobs and I've actually wondered how I've got away with it 
because in reflection, I, I don't actually understand what I was trying to say, so how I expect the business to understood it. And I've learned um, through actually making the mistakes that best practice isn't the issue, it's getting the right practice in place for your organisation. And that means being pragmatic, it means being um, using plain English, it means relating it to them. Kevin Green is the Royal Mail's People and Organisation Development Director. You've been with Royal Mail, I think, about three years now, haven't you? You've overseen big changes. What's been going on? We have been going through a huge amount of change. I mean, the business was losing £1.5 million a day, and it's now making £1.5 million profit. So from an organisational perspective, we've gone from being a loss-making organisation on the edge of insolvency uh, uh, through to an organisation which is making a healthy profit and a healthy return. How did we do that? Well, a number of things. One is about starting to do things differently. So uh, we've taken 34,000 people out of the organisation. We've done that voluntary. We've reconfigured everything that we do. So everyone's job has changed in one shape or form. We did that through taking out things like the second delivery. So now we don't deliver to houses twice. We only deliver to them once. For Royal Mail, an organisation that hasn't had to change, it's been in the public sector and been a monopoly, this is a hugely new experience. So our change journey is is one which is quite difficult and our people are struggling within it. It's a big quest. People like certainty. They like things to remain the same. There needs to be some kind of psychological keys and psychological triggers to get them to do things differently. Professor Michael West picked up this theme. What we need to do, I think, is give people ownership of change. If we give them ownership of change, then they can manage it. If we encourage them to be innovative, if we reward innovation, if we reward adaptation to change, then the culture becomes one where people manage change better. It's the day-to-day texture of enabling, rewarding, maintaining and encouraging innovation by individuals and by teams within the organisation which will lead to the effective management of change. It does mean that people have had to change their jobs to work longer and to work a bit harder. For that, what we have done is we're paying people more money, so everyone's, you know, we've improved pay by 22%. Part of the change that Kevin's been introducing included a novel and much-talked-about approach to absence management. He explained what they've been doing at Royal Mail from the stage at the CIPD's annual conference in Harrogate. Absence was running at 7.8%. Every 1% equals £40 million. Okay, so it's really important that we started to go after that from a business that's losing money. We went out to our people and said, we want to tackle this absence thing, lots of people are being... And they said, well, what's in it for us? So we basically said, after six months, every single member of staff that hasn't had a day off, sick, their name will go in a hat, area by area, and out of that, we'll then pull out one name and that person gets a car. We've done it once, we've done it twice... Did it create huge momentum? Yeah, everyone in every office was talking about it. So we created an opportunity for our managers to talk to people about how absence is important and how we needed to address it and the ways in which we were going to do that and what was in it for them. Kevin feels that by doing things differently, they've been able to successfully involve people in the process of change. It's about getting people to understand that if they share in the pain, if they change and if they come along on the journey, there's something in it for them. You know, we're trying to make it a very different organisation with a different feel and a different way of managing our people and engaging them. We're trying to get people to own some of the change so that it wasn't imposed and it wasn't centrally driven. It was about them and their manager doing things different on the ground. And I think that's the, the power of what we've done is that we build some sort of sustainability into it. The CIPD Podcast. Managing change. 
change can be difficult. It's not always a positive experience for the people involved. But Professor Michael West thinks there's a lot that can be done to manage this. Over to Philippa. Well, given that change is so often an unhappy experience within organisations, I think it rather suggests that perhaps we're not approaching it in the best possible way. What do HR professionals need to do to make the process of change, whether it be positive or negative change, at least easier? Well, I think, first of all, we need to be clear about what changes we want to introduce. And part of the problem in organisations is so many changes are being introduced all at the same time that people can't cope and that we need to be a little bit more judicious and regulated about the changes that we introduce. Is it building an effective human work community? Is it going to lead to the organisation being more effective in delivering to customers? And are people, as a consequence, going to flourish rather than languish? And it's those key questions which we need to answer. Professor Michael West. We've already heard about the changes at Royal Mail. Now Kevin Green's looking to the future. I think it takes a long time to change the mindset. I think we have made huge progress. It isn't something where they're waiting for the next initiative. They're not waiting for the centre to tell them what to do. They're starting to do it themselves. And I think that's what we've been successful at. Uh, but we, boy, do we have a long way to go. You're now highly experienced in the area of change management. For organisations, you know, maybe smaller organisations, entirely different sorts of organisations that are just in the early stages of this, what is the big thing they need to think about? I think that you've got to define what you're trying to change from and to. I think I've worked with lots of HR professionals in lots of organisations. The mistake they consistently make is they'll talk about we need to change the culture or we need to create different values or change behaviours. And I think what they have to do is to articulate why. And I think that's the bit that brings it alive for our people. It's the understanding of why they need to change their behaviour or why they need to do their job differently. For Francesca Akosi at DEFRA, one of the keys to successful change is clear direction from the top. Our current permanent secretary, Helen Ghosh, I think is a real inspiration for me on a number of fronts. And she's kind of set a really clear challenge um, for the organisation. She says that we're, we're OK as an organisation, but we're not punching above our weight. And what she's looking for is def- a world-class department that's confident and capable and is well-respected. That's her aspiration. And she's made it very clear that that's what she expects us to deliver. And I think HR have played a, a really key role in helping the organisation. I think we've got an even better opportunity now to play a critical role in helping the department move forward. That's certainly a positive closing message from Francesca. If you've got any thoughts on the issues that she or any of the other contributors have raised, please share them with us by emailing us at podcast at cipd.co.uk or by visiting www.cipd.co.uk forward slash podcasts. You can also sign up to receive future editions there and read more about what you've been listening to. The next podcast in the series will be focusing on talent management. If you want to hear how organisations like PricewaterhouseCoopers, ITV and the NHS are addressing this issue, please join us for the fourth in the series. So for now, goodbye. You've been listening to the CIPD podcast. <laughs>